Welcome all to the Sales, Business, and Leadership Lab podcast with me, Ronnie Perez. In this series, we're going to cover MCDP-1 warfighting. What can we learn from the Marine Corps' preeminent manual on warfighting? How can we apply these lessons to business, to leadership, to sales? Let's find out together. All right, welcome, welcome to the second episode that we're recording here as we talk about MCDP TAC-1 Warfighting, the Marine Corps manual on, well, warfighting. And we're going to go ahead and cover some of these topics as they relate to business and sales and leadership. We're left off uh, with the topic of complexity. And this is one that's especially important because as you grow your company, as you develop more functions of leadership, as you have more levels to your game, you're your systems will become more complex, your sales apparatus, your business more complex, your numbers become more intricate, um, your business model may, may grow and change and morph. So complexity in war could teach us some things. And one interesting thing it says is that we have described war as especially a class between opposing wills, two wills, you know, two, I guess in this case, wills is like two different thought processes, you know, coming together. So if you look at, for example, you could say, you know, the Vietnam War, communism versus, you know, liberty or whatever the case is, um, you know, in, in that kind of way. But as we talk about this, when it relates to business, we're talking about competition, your competitor, right? Now, it makes the differentiation here and talks about organizational structure, right? A division is composed composed of regiments. A regiment com, uh, comprises battalions and so on and so forth down to the fire team, which is the smallest unit, right? Which are composed of individual Marines. Each element is part of a larger whole and must cooperate with other elements for the accomplishment of the common goal. In sales, in a sales team, you have the sales manager, and they may have different sales departments, different sales teams under them. So as we engage clients, we may have different operations. So it's good to know that complexity is present there, but complexity also is going to be a big piece of action, right? Part of winning a war is to take action. Part of owning a business is to take action, right? So War is not governed by the actions or decisions of a single individual, but it emerges from the collective behavior of all individual parts of the system interacting locally in response to a local condition and incomplete information. So we're not talking about reaching our sales goals of one team or one effort where, where we're talking about it is reaching that sales goal or that goal in business with multiple complex teams, right? So it's available there, it's open there, and, and also something for us to consider when we're considering our business. How complex is it and how do those part, how do those pieces work together? The next topic here, the human dimension. You know, uh, there's a famous quote that you know we put on the podcast from Rear Admiral Grace Marie Hopper. It says, you manage things, you lead people. There is a human dimension of leadership, right? And, you know, war is shaped by human nature. 
you know, we know this, you know, we've seen, for example, looking at the war in Russia with Ukraine, which is, you know, current of, of this time of the podcast, you know, Russia trying to impose their will to seize territory from, you know, Ukraine, Ukraine trying to resist that. And so it's a human conflict, right? But, you know, war is an extreme trial of moral and physical strength and stamina. Any view of the nature of war would hardly be accurate or complete without consideration of the effects of danger, fear, exhaustion, privation on those who must do the fighting, right? So there is a human element. And as a leader in, in a business where you have maybe more complex demands or, or greater demands of your subordinates, understand that your people are also human. You know, you don't want to leave late. You want to leave early from work. You don't want to leave at the at a later time. You know you don't want to be exposed to unfair conditions. So as a leader, as a guide, as a mentor, as a as a manager, as an owner, you have to consider your effects on people and how that's working. Right? No degree of technological development, scientific calculation, will diminish the human dimension in war. Technology will help but it's not ever going to get past the human element, right? We talk about that when we look at a lot of the things that we do with artificial intelligence automation. You know, you can never completely eliminate the human factor. I am also skipping over some parts of the book that don't really apply, such as violence and danger, where the Marines talk about, um, you know, using violence of force and, and bloodshed to achieve destruction. Doesn't really apply to our business model, but uh, but, you know, very, very awesome things there. But let's go ahead to, to skip on to physical, moral, and mental forces. Pretty interesting. It says, the physical characteristics of war are easily understood and measured. Equipment, capability, supply, physical objectives, force ratios, material, life, terrain, you know, prisoners. The moral characteristics are less tangible. The term moral is not used to only for ethics although ethics is certainly included, but pertains to those forces of psychological and tangible in nature. So if you look at what they're saying just in the opening pieces, it's saying, hey, you can measure physical stuff, but there's also moral characteristics that are less tangible. The moral forces, right, which are impossible to quantify, right? Some of these things include conscious, emotion, fear, courage, morale, leadership, and spirit of core. You know, I always say in my business, I don't hire based on skill. I can teach a skill. I can teach a physical thing. What I can't teach or or coach on is how good your integrity is, how good your character is, right? These things are things that you have to observe and you have to live with and you have to have learned, right? But when you look at the mental ability of someone and, and their integrity, their character, I think some of these things are going to impact making moral and ethical decisions. So as a leader, you'd want to hire knowing that, that you're saying, hey, who is going to do the ethical and moral thing as opposed to something that may be more illegal or in that gray area of, of uh, you know, gray area of business ethics or morality, right? So always looking out for that and knowing that there is a moral, mental, and, and emotional component to, to business and leadership. One of the more important things that we're going to talk about in this episode is called the levels of war. 
Activities in war take place at several integrated levels, which form a hierarchy. These levels are strategic, operational, and tactical. This is one thing that directly relates to planning and strategic vision of the CEO, the own leadership piece. And, and it really, it can, it's really important to explain this to your employees, subordinates, managers, supervisors, because this is how you're going to run your business. There are strategic things you're going to do, the big picture. There's operational things, which is how to meet that strategic vision. Then there's tactical. That's the people on the ground. So there's three levels, strategic, high level, operational, how to take that high level stuff and, and, and execute it. And then tactical, the people executing that thing. Right. So let's take an example from war. Right. Overall, our strategy in, let's just say, you know, World War Two in the Pacific was to take the strategy high level, take ships, go west, take out the Japanese fleet, land troops, conquer Japan. Right. That is the overall strategy that we employ in the Pacific. Right. Well, operationally, what does that mean? The captains of those ships had to figure out the best way to go in and, and engage those ships, the Japanese ships. The Marine Corps generals had to figure out the best way to land troops on the islands and to conduct that campaign going through the what, what they called you know, General MacArthur's island hopping campaign, right? And then on the tactical level, those NCOs and, and, and infantrymen, right, had to figure out, hey, how are we going to take over that hill and how are we going to destroy that fortified position. How are we going to hold this this territory, right? Those those uh, aviators had to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to torpedo, you know, this Japanese, uh, you know, aircraft carrier? So, again, going from high level to medium level to in execution to actual doing the job, those are the three levels of, of, strategy, of, of levels of war. Now, how does that relate to business, right? Me in the, let's say, for example, my real estate business, I, as the broker owner of the company, have to think, what's my vision? Sell houses, right? Now, how do I deploy that vision and, and make it a reality? Well, I have to hire salesmen. Maybe I'm selling. Maybe I have another salesman there. So now both of us are selling. At a certain point, I'll get busy and I can't focus on high level stuff. So I hire five, six, seven salesmen. Now I'm managing those seven salesmen, right? And trying to find out how to give them leads, how to give them opportunities, how to, what's next in the business, what's my long-term goal. Then I hire a manager to manage those seven. Now I'm not involved in the operational piece. So now I'm at the strategic level. That's how you scale. Eventually you have to take yourself out of the operation to be able to scale. So I'm in the operation at first, then I hire people. Now I'm out of actually doing the thing and now they're doing the thing, selling houses. And then they're on the tactical level, conducting the showings. They're on that level, conducting the showings, writing the offers, submitting the offers, getting the deposits, you know, scheduling the inspections. And with those salesmen on the tactical level, my managers on the operational level, and me on the strategic level, now I'm able to forecast and plan forward into my business, right? Strategic level, operational level, tactical level. These things work. These, these methods are directly related to business and how you're able to scale your business from a single operator to a multi-level operator, right? And, and these things are going to be key 
if you're looking at growing. You've got to be able to take yourself out of the operation to think strategically forward. A great point here, initiative and response. All actions of war, regardless of level, are based upon either taking initiative or reacting in response to an opponent. I would say it's a very interesting point because as a competitor, I'm initiating or responding to the market, to my competitors, to my, you know, my rivals, to a changing law, to a changing interest rate, to a, a financial instrument, right? To a better business practice. These things are all happening and I have to either uh, act ahead of it or I have to respond to it, right? There are different related concepts, offense and defense, right? The interest rate changes. Well, how does that change my delivery and pitch? The, the Federal Reserve drops the rate and now home buyers can afford less. Well, how does that change my delivery and pitch? I have to respond to these things. As a business owner, I had projected 24 sales this year. Well, maybe it's going to be 14, right? Because of this changing market. So when it comes to this, you've got to look at, at what's happening in the market and what's happening in your, in your domain and say, cool. So understanding that there is a thing as initiative and response, right? At a certain point, you're going to have to respond. And when you respond, you're on the defensive. You don't respond offensively. You respond and you're on the defensive of a certain thing, right? For example, uh, you know, there are now new programs that allow certain home buyers to have a certain incentive, $25,000 in closing costs and down payment. How do I respond as a provider of a service to that new legislation that allows twenty-five up to $25,000 in closing costs and down payment. What's my marketing efforts look like? What does my buyer acquisition look like? What's my return on investment on those leads? So again, I'm responding to certain things and I'm also acting on things. Um, you know, it does my strategy change in acquiring listings, right? So again, in your industry, you're going to know what those factors are, but Understand that you have to always be looking forward. You got to be looking forward to see what these, what the market is bringing to you, right? And knowing that you're going to be either on the initiative, on the attack, or you're going to be responding. And typically, when you're responding, you're responding. Your response time is lesser. You're, you're responding to something that you have to react to, right? Uh, we conclude there exists no clear division between offense and defense. Our theory of war should not attempt to impose one artificially. The offense and defense exist simultaneously as necessary components of one another and are fluid. As you defend and as you react, you can also make points forward to engage, right? So as you react to a certain condition, you also have to lay that forward to be able to say, okay, now what am I going to do? And how can I turn that to my advantage? So I love that we can learn things from this manual, um, you know, that, that is a war fighting manual, but also has some applications to business. So again, I'm skipping great parts of this book, but it is a good, a good starting point for analyzing uh, military tactics and relating those. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it and we'll see each other again soon.